Good evening, everyone. See you. This week's Parshas, Parshas Vayigash, and the fourth Ali of Parshas Vayigash is um, the point in time when Yaakov Avinu is actually informed that Yosef is still alive. They told him, saying, Yosef, Yosef is still alive. And that he was ruling throughout the land of Mitzrayim. Yahuinu's heart went out, as uh, as uh, Rashi understands. His heart went out, removed itself from being able to believe. His heart didn't turn to it. Ramban understands almost that he had like a heart attack of sorts. And they shared with him all of the words of Yosef that he had shared with them, that he had spoken to them. And he saw the wagons that Yosef had sent to carry him. And Yaakov Avinu's spirit lived. What does that mean? The, the, the simplest reading of the Pasuk really is that which is found in the Ramban. And that is that when it says Vayofog that his heart went out because um, because he didn't believe them. So as we said, the Ramban understands that it was a, sort of a shvisa, a hefsik. It was sort of a, a break. It stopped its function. His heart stopped. His breathing stopped. And it was almost as if he was. As, as if he was dead. And uh, he was there, he was lying there, sort of like unconscious. And that's why when they spoke to him, all of the words of Yosef, and he saw the Agolis, and they brought him back to himself, they reoriented him. Then his, his spirit came back to him, his breath came back to him, and he was alive. And that's what it means, that uh, the spirit of Yaakov came alive. So the way the Ramban understands it, this is a very narrow uh, description of what happened immediately when he heard the news, and then shortly thereafter he was restored. His heart stopped. He lost chius, he lost vitality, and then he was restored to vitality. However, there's a targum on this pasuk, a well-known targum, that when it says Vatchiruach Yaakov Avim, that the spirit of Yaakov Avinu came alive, says the targum Usharas Ruach Kutcha Al Yaakov Avuin. Ruach HaKodesh, the divine inspiration, came upon Yaakov Avim, Yaakov, uh, uh, Yaakov their father. Rashi brings this, he quotes this Targum, The Shechina that had separated from him came and settled back upon him. And the Ramban quotes this as well, right after he says his Pshat in Vatchiruach Yaakov Avim is that he was just resuscitated, revived, from the faint which he had fallen into before, he brings the Targum of Onkelos, and he says, Bavur shadavar emes The Ramban says that the Onkelos is saying this because it's true. Okay, now, generally it's a good thing to say things because they are true. But what he means is that, you know, I told you what the simple layer of Pshat is, and the simple layer of Pshat is that he was revived. His, he fainted, he had a, an attack of some kind, and he was revived. However, Targum is not saying that. Targum is saying that he got divine inspiration, not that he got his breath back. 
And he says the reason why he says that is because that was also true. That also happened there. Vidorash Kain Bemilas Ruach. Shleim Ravayechi Yaakov Aviyem. Why does the Pusik say Vatchi Ruach Yaakov Aviyem? Instead of just saying Vayechi Yaakov Aviyem, Yaakov came back to life. Why does it say the Ruach? So he says, "Vasoy meaning ruach Hashem elikim olai v'atar shleikim shlochani veruchai isha sheruach boy." So he quotes a number of psukim where ruach refers to spirituality, and therefore when it says "vatchi ruach Yaakov aviem," it's indicating another layer that besides for the physical spirit, besides for being restored to his breath and to his his physical life, but that he also had a spiritual revival. Very nice. The, the significance of this, however, is that in this Pasuk, in this Targum, we have the answer, one could say, to a classic question, which many people ask, when people ask and don't understand, whether it's such a strong question or not, we can, we can debate back and forth, but listen to the question. It's a question which I think you're all on some level familiar with, and that is, that in the beginning of our Parsha, Yehuda makes an impassioned plea to Yosef HaTzadik to let him take the place of Binyamin. Let Binyamin, who has been incriminated for stealing the goblet of Yosef, let him go back home. And uh, Yehuda makes an impassioned plea. And he says, hey, you can't do that. You know, if I go back, if we go back to our father and, and we don't have the child, it'll kill him. And Yosef reveals himself to his brothers. And he says, Ani Yosef, I'm Yosef is my father still alive? And the brothers couldn't answer him, Kini ponav. So what's Yosef's question? I'm Yosef, is my father still alive? What kind of a question is that? This is the question which everyone asks, which is, he just got a whole speech that the reason why Yehuda was going to sit in jail instead of Binyamin was because his father was still alive and... and coming back without Binyamin would kill him. So obviously his father was still alive. I mean, Yehuda wouldn't be volunteering to sit in jail in place of Binyamin if his father was already dead. So what kind of question is it? I'm Yosef, is my father still alive? That has become quite apparent from the discussions that have been going on until this point. So some understand that Yosef HaTzadik was saying it Wow, I'm amazed that my father is still alive. That's what this Sforna seems to understand. When he says, is my father still alive? Really? He's still alive? I can't believe it. He's still alive. That's one way to say it. Another way to say it is that Yesu HaTzadik is giving them a zinger. And he is saying, I'm Yosef. Is my father still alive? Meaning, you're giving this whole spiel and you're saying that if he'll come back, if he'll come back without Binyamin, it's going to kill your father, I'm Yosef. How's he doing after, after you came back without me last time? How's he doing from that? How's he surviving that? It was sort of like maybe a musr, a, 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 a word of rebuke that Yosef Hatzadik is giving to his brothers. Also a possibility. But you know, according to what we have here in the Targum Unkels, we have a very simple shot in the Pasuk. And that is, Yosef Hatzadik wasn't asking whether his father's heart was still beating. Yosef HaTzadik was asking, is my father still alive, as in, does he still have the Ruach HaKodesh? Does he still have the connection, the divine inspiration? 
if later it says, that the Yaakov Avinu spirit lived, that means that previously it wasn't alive. That means that there was some tenuousness to quote-unquote the life of Yaakov Avinu, the hold-on life of Yaakov Avinu. What was that? Was it his biological life? Was it his heart beating? Or was it the, 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 the Ruach of Yaakov Avinu? And this is what perhaps we can learn about here and what we can focus on here tonight. What does this mean? The, the, the idea that the Shekhinah had left him, that Rashi alludes to here, Shars al Shekhinah, Shepir Shemimena, the Shekhinah which was Porish, which separated from Yaakov Avinu. The reason why the Shekhinah was Porish from Yaakov Avinu, we all know, is because Yaakov Avinu was grieving. And because he was grieving, he uh, had a sadness that, uh, that overtook him, that got in the way of him being able to have Ruach HaKadosh. And in fact, Rashi says this back in the, um, in the, in, in Parshas Vayeshev, where the, the original act of selling of Yosef happens, So it talks about how Yaakov Avinu over there was He um, mourned over his son. Uh, he mourned over his son for all of this time, and uh, for, you know for many many years, and he was not able to he was not able to relieve himself of that avelus of that feeling of grief. The grief which ya- Yaakov Avinu felt, the atzvus which Yaakov Avinu felt, made it not possible for the Shechina, for the presence of Hashem to be upon him. And as a result, he went through all of these years with an absence of the Shechina. And Vatchiruach Yaakov Avinu was that Yaakov Avinu got that back. He got back a sense of Ruach HaKadosh. He got a sense of HaKadosh Baruch Hu being able to be there with him. Yaakov Avinu didn't see the Shechina. Atzfus, sadness, is necessarily that. In the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there is strength and there is joy. The person who's experiencing this kind of a debilitating sadness, the way Yaakov Avinu was experiencing it, it was Nistalka Himenu Shechina. Now we know, we have many times indications in Yaakov Avinu's life that um, it was Yaakov Avinu, the way he felt, in fact, some level of distance from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Chazal tell us. When Yaakov Avinu said to his sons in last week's Parsha and Parshas Miketz, you know, that you have, why did you do bad to me to tell the man that you still had a brother? That they viewed, that he viewed the brothers having, as having caused him harm. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, what are you talking about? The brothers didn't do anything to you. I'm busy putting your son into this great position of authority and to be, you know, to be the, the, the goel in Mitzrayim, and you're saying, Loma why, did you, why did you bring upon me harm? The inability to be able to see that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was there, that was the absence of chius that we had in the life of Yaakov Avinu. And let's try to 
to explain this and understand this a little bit better. There's a, 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 a at the very beginning of time, we have the story of Adam Arishan in Gan Eden. And when Adam Arishan was placed in Gan Eden, he was warned that he, would not, he should not eat from the Eitz Hadas. He was told, on the day that you eat from it, on the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. Now this Pasuk creates all kinds of problems. The, the problems are basic. And that is that Adam Arishan would proceed to eat from the Eitz Hadas, and despite that, he would not die. There would not be a death which would come upon Adam Arishan as a result of eating from the Eitz Hadas. So this is not a new question. It's a very, very old question. And there are different answers which are given to it. Some say, well, Adam Arishan, in fact, did tshuva, and that was what gained him some, a little bit of extra time. Some say the Ramban says on the day that he ate from it, he had a death penalty. But the death penalty wasn't necessarily going to be carried out immediately. He died earlier than he would have. He died at 930 years old. So that's earlier than he would have. He had a death penalty that was placed upon him the moment he died. The Ramban himself says that man would have been immortal. He wouldn't have died at all. The divine spirit, which was so strong within the person, would have kept him alive forever. On the day that he ate from the tree of knowledge, the tree would strengthen his physicality as the part of him, as the dominant part of him, as the motivating part of him. Then he became a ben Musa, someone who would be subject to death. These are all significant, significant pshatim, without any question. But there's another possibility as well. And that is that what Adam HaRishon did experience on the day that he ate from the Eitz Hadas is golos. HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent him away from Gan Eden. That was an immediate consequence of the Chet. He wasn't able to anymore be there in the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Did Adam HaRishan lose Ruach HaKadosh? Did Adam HaRishan never have any ability to communicate with HaKadosh Baruch Hu subsequently? We cannot say that. We don't know. If anything, you know, I mean, it's, it, is, it is true that the Psukim make no reference subsequent to Adam Arishon being sent out of Gan Eden to conversations which would occur between him and the Rabbi Nishlelem, Right, The next stories are the stories of Cain and Hevel and of Shes. Adam Arishon is no longer, you know, directly in that sense spoken to. But whether he was or whether he wasn't, in the literal sense, Adam Arishon in Gan Eden was there living in this wonderful existence, Gan Eden is the description of paradise, and that paradise was to be there, to be there in close proximity to the Rabbanu Shalom himself. The Ruach Elohim was Mishalich Bagan, the, the, the Rabbanu Shalom, the sound of HaKadosh Baruch Hu traveling in the garden, the Ruach Hayom, the, the very definition of Gan Eden is to be able to encounter HaKadosh Baruch Hu directly. When Chazal tell us that when the Jewish people stood at Har Sinai, it was as if we were back in Gan Eden, Kodem Achet, like in Gan Eden before the sin. Yes, there were all kinds of healing and remedies that came to the Jewish people. <clears throat> you know, the sin was purged from us. But the most explicit and direct relationship between Mamad Har Sinai and Gan Eden is that at Mamad Har Sinai we had an experience of 
encountering HaKadosh Baruch Hu directly. We had Ruach HaKadosh, divine inspiration. We had more than what we usually call divine inspiration. We had Hashem spoke to us as if He was talking to us face-to-face, direct. The level of connection between Klal Yisrael and HaKadosh Baruch Hu was there at Har Sinai, was there in Gan Eden. And Golos removed that Remove that from Adam Arishain. And Golis removed that in the greatest sense from, from the Jewish people. There's a Misa, there's a death which is in that, which is inherent in that. Oh, it's not a biological death. He's still alive. He is still alive. But a big part of that Chius, of the vitality of being connected to the Rabbani Shlalom, was lost from him. A chius, which in itself is also expressed in this thing called atzvus, called sadness. The sadness of Yaakovinu, the grief, the feeling of being hurt by the Rabbana Shalom, ignored by the Rabbana Shalom, instead of being in his presence, cared for and cultivated, that removed the possibility of Ruach HaKadosh. And we have to understand that the idea that you know, the Shekhinah won't, won't uh, be upon a person when the person is feeling sad. So we can see that as, okay, you know, you have to be in a good mood to, to, to have the Shekhinah. You know, it's uh, the Mephoshim bring, you know, Elisha needed music to be played and, 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 uh, and um, uh, maybe Yitzchak Avinu, when he was giving the brachas, he needed to be fed so he could have the, the Shechina share on him because he'd be, he'd be happy, he'd be in a good mood and he'd be able to, he'd be able to do it. But the, the Imek, the depth of that is, the depth of that is, Oiz that strength and joy is there in the recognition of the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When a person truly senses, it doesn't even in a great sense matter the situation when the person's able to sense that it is which, which is coming from HaKadosh Baruch I want to try to see this, to explain this a little bit more. There's a famous Gemara in Masechus Brachas. The Gemara speaks about the Brachas which are made when good things happen, when bad things happen. And the Gemara, there's a Bracha when bad things happen, there's a Bracha of HaTeva Metiv when the good things happen. And the Gemara says that the same way a person is mevorech al so he should be mevorech al The same way a person makes a bracha on the good, he should make a bracha on the ra, on the bad. So the the um, the, the Gemara says, "What do you mean? You, you make two different brachas." I mean, the Gemara doesn't speak out uh, the question and answer exactly in this form. I'm sorry, just what I'm trying to find safer. Um, you, you make two different brachas. So why is it that uh, that we would say that you make the same bracha? So the Gemara says, no, but you'll make different brachas. But both brachas should be made besimcha. Both brachas should be made with joy. 
So in the Shulchan Aruch, it says as follows. In Simon Reish Chav Beis, Chai Vodom Lovarach Al HaRab Bidash Shlemo V'Nefesh Chavetza Kederech Shemavarach B'Simcha L'Hatoiva A person should make a bracha on the bad B'Dash Shlemo with a complete mind of V'Nefesh Chavetza and with an engaged soul Kederech Shemavarach B'Simcha L'Hatoiva Like he does over the good Ki HaRo Lo'evdi Hashem Hi Simchosam V'Toivosam Because the bad for those who serve Hashem is their joy and their good Kibin Shemakabel Me'ava Masha Gozer Al of Hashem if he accepts with love what Hashem decreed upon him, he writes that in the acceptance of the of the bad, that in itself is serving Hakadosh Baruch Hu. He's serving Hakadosh Baruch Hu by accepting it well, and therefore, that is a simcha for him. It is a joy for him to be serving Hashem, one way, one way or the other. That's the, uh, you know, that's the, the aspect. Now, the, the idea, the idea uh, in this is that when the person is truly, Baruch Hashem, when the person is truly recognizing every piece, everything which is coming to him from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so, yes, to be to be makabalit, to accept it from Hakadosh Baruch Hu as it is, that in itself generates simcha. But in a in a in a profound sense, the person is it's a bracha of haydoas hatoyvara. A person is giving haydo either way. He's being he's accept, ex, expressing gratitude to Hakadosh Baruch Hu for whatever his for whatever his situation. That makes it that the person is not experiencing the Ra as a Gerush, as something which is chasing him away from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but within the Ra, the person is finding the way to be able to find his way back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Let's try to explain and to understand a little bit better. The head of the Eitz Adas, the sin that Adam Arishon committed, was to try to do something that avoided HaKadosh Baruch Hu's commandment. The very nature of it was that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu is instructing me, he instructed me, Adam Arishon, not to eat from the Eitz Adas. And in my ignoring HaKadosh Baruch Hu's tzav, I feel I'm doing better for myself. Which means that I am seeing it, the way I see it, the way I see my world is that staying with the Rabboni Shalom is not where I will find the good. We have explained at different times that the Shorish, the root of the words of the Satan of the Yetzirah, then and always, was that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is trying to withhold from you the good. And if you want to find the good, right, religious life, listening to the Rabboni Shalom, has all of this good stuff that's kept away from you. That's the nature of mitzvahs. That's the nature of what HaKadosh Baruch Hu says. And so, the snake says to Adam Arishon, you know, HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't want you to have good. And Adam Arishon buys it. And when in choosing his own way, he's saying that my path to being able to find something is to avoid the Rabbana Shalom's commandment. When Adam Arishon, as a result of this action, is sent out of Gan Eden, it is not just that he has a decree that Adam, you know, you're going to lose all this good stuff because you defied the Rabbana Shalom. 
but you just defined yourself out of Gan Eden. Because Gan Eden, the, 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 the very essence of Gan Eden is that the person is able to be there with the Rabbanu Shalom, and being there with the Rabbanu Shalom is going to be the ultimate of goodness. Being there with the Rabbanu Shalom is the ultimate of goodness. And if you decide that being with the Rabbanu Shalom and following the Rabbanu Shalom is not the ultimate of goodness, so then you are pulling yourself away from trying to be in his presence. The Gerush, in a sense, is memela. It's a self-defined exile that the person pulls themselves out from being in the presence of the Rabbanu Shalom. Now, Yaakov Avinu did nothing of the sort. Yaakov Avinu had what would seem to be an objectively negative experience happen to him. It wasn't like Odom Arishan who chose to eat from the tree of knowledge, who chose to do something that would take him away from the Rabbanu Shalom. Yaakov Avinu experienced something that was a negative thing. He experienced the loss of his child, the perceived loss of his child. And that's an inherently difficult thing and a negative thing. And as a result of that, Yaakov Avinu accepted that as a negative thing, and that became his golos. That became his exile. His exile was the fact that he experienced what he experienced without seeing the Rabbonu Shalom, seeing the Rabbonu Shalom within it. Yosef HaTzadik knew that Yaakov Avinu had experienced his loss as something traumatic. That was clear from what the brothers had said. What was going to happen when Yaakov Avinu would see that Yosef was alive? What was going to happen when when Yaakov Avinu would see that Yosef was alive and he had been planted in Mitzrayim in order to bring life to Yaakov and to all of his family? And he would see that everything that had happened was the good, Yaakov Avinu would be restored to realizing that the entire time he had been there with HaKadosh Baruch Hu present for him. He was again there close to the Rabbi There's a Gemara in Maseches Tamid. It's a Gemara which we share Chanukah from based on something learned from Mayavi Rabbi Rabbi Meisha Shapira. The Gemara Maseches Tamid says that Alexander the Great was off on his conquests and he came to Africa and he stopped someplace to eat something and he reached into a stream that was passing by and maybe he used it to wash off some of the preserve, some of the salty fish which he had packed along that would stay with him for the trip. Maybe he used it to splash on his face. The Gemara has two versions of the story. And the aroma which came from the waters was overwhelmingly beautiful. And Alexander said, this must be waters which come from Gan Eden. It must be from the rivers that emanate from from, from Eden, from the Noar Yetzim Eden. How does it have this overwhelming, overpowerful, overpowering, beautiful flavor? And so, he followed the stream, the Gemara says. He followed the stream to its origin, and true enough, when, when he came to it, what did he find? He came to the gates of Gan Eden, to that place where people aren't allowed to enter. And Alexander wanted to get in there. He knocked on the door, 
and he said, give me, give me, give me, uh, you know, I, I want to come in. I want to come in. Pischuli Sharei Tzedek. Open for me the gates of righteousness. And the response was that he couldn't come in. Why? Because it says, It is the gateway to Hashem. Only the righteous can enter. Alexander, you're not righteous. You can't come in here. So Alexander said, Okay, so I can't come in. But give me something. I'm an important person. I'm a king. I'm an important person. Give me something. And uh, so he was given something. The Gemara tells a, 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 a very fascinating thing. It says that they, he was given a gulgailus, a gulgailus like a skull or part of a skull, like an eye socket, portion of a skull. That was what was given. That was the souvenir from Ganeden that was given to Alexander. And the Gemara says he took it back with him and he carried this thing and it was heavy. It was so heavy, says the Gemara, that it was heavier than all of the silver and gold that Alexander had in his treasure houses, which you could imagine was probably quite a bit. And the Gemara says, what's the idea? The idea is that this Gulgailas was the eye of a person in this world that covets, that wants. That was what he was given. And that's why it was heavier than all the silver gold in the world, meaning that for the desire, the desire for conquest, maybe that Alexander specifically had, but the desire to have more and more would be such that it would be never satiated. All the silver and gold that Alexander had in his storehouses wouldn't outweigh the desire that was there in the eye, in the Skulgailith, that he was given there from, from uh, so to speak, from Ganeidah. It's a very enigmatic Gemara. But the essence that uh, of this Gemara, uh, say it the way, uh, uh, as was, was taught by Ramesh Shapir, Zechayin Levracha, was that when it says, when we said in a hollow this morning, Pischuli Shari Tzedek, open up for us the gates of righteousness, what do we say? Why do we want to go into Gan Eden? Avoivam, may we come into it, Oideka to give thanks to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. A person in Gan Eden knows the God that is there, is able to acknowledge HaKadosh Baruch Hu perfectly and completely. You're in Gan Eden. You're in the presence of Hashem. You see Him. We live in our world where we are. We try to thank Hashem. We offer thanks to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the gifts that we have in our lives. But we really thank Him. We thank Him with the full and complete acknowledgement that every single thing, every gift that we have, everything that we have is truly from Him. That's a very big challenge for us, for all of us, to live with a full gratitude to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. If we were in Gan Eden and we saw the Rabbonu Shalom there with us, then we would have no problem with that acknowledgement. And what we want to have in Gan Eden is not to be able to have the gifts it's to be able to have the appreciation of the gifts. To be able to have to be able to recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Alexander wasn't looking to go to Gan Eden to get. 
he was going to looking to to, to give thanks. He he Shari when he wanted to get into Gan Eden, he said, "I heard Gan Eden is a place where all these wonderful things are there. It's paradise. There are beautiful things there. Give me some of the beautiful things that are there in Gan Eden." And what Hakadosh Baruch Hu sent out to him was this eye that couldn't be satisfied by anything in the world. And basically what he was saying to him was that if what you're looking for is to get this thing, that thing, the other thing, rather than to acknowledge and to appreciate the source of where you're getting things from, the fact that what you have is coming from the Branisham, you will never have satisfaction. You'll never have satisfaction. Ramesh Shapir used to say that this Gemara pitches Alexander the Great as the opposite of what we have in the Yantav of Hanukkah. Because what's the Yantav of Hanukkah established for? For Halal Lahaydah. The Kavushmai Nesimei Hanukkah Elu, Lahaydais, Ulahala, Lashim Chagorol. You establish these eight days of Hanukkah to give thanks and to give praise to the Rabbanish Shalalam. Why is that the way Hanukkah is celebrated? It's because the Greeks, as personified by the greatest Greek of them all, Alexander the Great, didn't begin to know that the goal of life was to give thanks, was haida, was to appreciate. He just wanted to get. And that's why we celebrate Hanukkah by haida, by gratitude, by avayvam oideka. The avoda, the task of accepting and appreciating whatever it is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends our way is the task of avayvam oideka. We will come there and we will be able to give thanks to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. To give thanks to HaKadosh Baruch Hu absolutely for whatever it is that He sends our way, whatever it is that He gives us. It is then that we're in Gan Eden, then we realize that what we're trying to do is not trying to escape the hand of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in order to be able to have something, but whatever we have from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that is what is worthy of Aida. That is what is worthy of being grateful for, of expressing gratitude for. That's the Golus from Gan Eden, which Adam Arishain had when he was trying to do an end run around what HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave him and what HaKadosh Baruch Hu withheld from him. To try to write a different script from that which HaKadosh Baruch Hu withheld from him and say, no, this is not what I should have. I would have it better elsewhere. I would have it better differently. That person, that Adam who chose that, chose to be living outside of the world defined for him by the Rabbi Nishlaila. And that's that's when the spirit of the person dies because that means that then the person is not living with the sense of the Shekhinah, with the Rabbi Nishlaim being there with them, carrying them along in this uh, in this time, in this avoda, That was Yaakov Avinu's tzara. He lost Yosef HaTzadik. And with the loss of Yosef HaTzadik, 
he was not able to f- perform this avoda called Haidoas Taivara. Thank you, gratitude for this or that. We know, we all know that when Yaakov Avinu is going to stand in front of Paro a little bit later in this week's Parsha, he's going to be looking old and bitter and bedraggled. And Paro is going to ask him, boy, how old are you? And he's going to say, I'm not so old, but my life has been so difficult. And that has had its toll, that has had its effect, that has had its, its effect on me. The Mo'er Ponim, the illumination of the face of the person, not to have a life of Ra, but the opposite. Strength and joy is when the person feels that they are living in proximity with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, close to him, and in that sense, in, in that sense, truly gaining from him. This is the turning point of the story of Yaakov and Yosef. When Yaakov is going to meet Yosef, he's going to say, Shema Yisrael Hashem Aleikeinu Hashem Echad. Remember, he comes there, Yosef is crying, Yaakov isn't crying, the way Rashi understands it. You don't understand, why isn't Yaakov crying? Yaakov was so grieved over Yosef for all of the years, he was busy reading Kriyashma. And he was saying, Shema Yisrael Hashem Aleikeinu Hashem Echad. Why is he reading Kriyashma right now at this point in time? It's a revelation of Hashem, yes. But we recall that the Gemara says in Maseches Psachim that it says, on that day, Hashem will be one and His name will be one. Hashem echad echad. So the Gemara says, what does it mean on that day Hashem will be one and His name will be one? Because, says the Gemara, in this world, when a person has a bad experience, they make one bracha, dainamas. When they have a good experience, they make hateva metiv. They thank Hashem for being good. We experience two kinds of rabbanish lalam. A tough rabbanish lalam, a nice rabbanish lalam. And so, what we say here is, on that day Hashem will be one, and His name will be one, is lalam abba, everything will be hateva metiv. Person will see in everything that Kodesh Baruch was good. Absolutely. The declaration of Shema Yisrael Hashem Lakeno Hashem Echad is that. Is the declaration of the unity that everything which happens in the world, it's all, its root is in the Rabbi Shalalam, and therefore it's all experienced with a unity. That it's all the goodness of being there with the Rabbi Shalalam. The first bracha of Shema corresponds to the first pasuk of Shema. The first bracha of Shema is, Blessed are you, Hashem, Yitzir Oyer Uveirechayshech, who created the light and the darkness. Aisa Sholem, who makes peace. We say, Uveirechayshech, the pasuk says, Ra and creates that which is bad. The Rabbeinu Shalalam is the source of all of it. All of it is there with him. All of it is there from him. And then when one has that, that means whatever the situation, one way or the other, the person's living with the Rabbanu Shalala. But in Yaakov Avinu's concept, Yaakov Avinu said, why did you bring harm to me? He didn't see himself as being there in the presence of the Rabbanu Shalala. He saw himself as being subject to, to others. In that world, there's no Shekhinah. 
In that world, there's no Shechina. That's the self-imposed Kolos. Vatchi Ruach Yaakov Aviyem. And the spirit of Yaakov came alive. Yaakov, you know, now realized that the Rebbein had been with him all the time. All the time. It may be that the Eitz Hadas was the most attractive and beautiful tree in Gan Eden. It may be. It, we, you know, we, we, we sometimes see it as just, okay, you know, it was the forbidden fruit, so therefore it was attractive to Adam Arisha. But it could be that it was the most attractive tree, most beautiful fruit that was there in Gan Eden. Its issue was that HaKadosh Baruch Hu said that if you're going to go after something that's not with me, to want something that's not with me, to want something that I don't want you to have, is creating such a distance from me. That's the Chet. And we, we face that with many, many things in life. Many things in life where what HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given us is something that's not the most attractive, that's very, very difficult. But embracing it, that avoda, the avodas Hashem that the Shulchan Aruch speaks about when he explains this idea of besimcha is that I'm happy to take it because taking whatever I'm getting from the Rabbana Shalom beats trying to get anything without him. Life is with the Rabbi Shalala. True life is living with the Rabbi Shalala. By your attachment to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's when you have life, that's when you have the totality of life, the completeness, the completeness of life. Shema Yisrael Hashem Lekeinu Hashem Echad is what welcomed Yaakov Avinu back from the Golos. When he realized that that which was withheld from him was not withheld from him by anybody else but from the Rabbanu Shalala. To see the Rabbanu in what he gives us, to see the Rabbanu in what he withholds from us, but to just see that wherever it is, it is with him. That is Chius. That's the, that's the, uh, that's the Eitz Chaim. The, the true and the, and the and ultimate tree of life. I, I want to end by suggesting something that I don't know if it's true, but it's possible. It's possible that it is. When Hashem sent Adam Arishan out of Gan Eden, what did he say? He said, we have to send him out of here. Why? Because there's a tree of life in Gan Eden. And I just made a decree that, that he's supposed to die, right? And if he extends his hand and he eats from the tree of life and he's going to eat from it and he's going to live forever, that would be terrible. 
So therefore, I have to send them out of here. And I put up those angels to guard the path so you won't be able to come back here to eat from the tree of life. And it's such a strange thing. You think about it like all the time. Like, what does that mean? Like, what's so bad? <laughs> so Hashem had to make sure that his decree of death would be preserved from Rada Marisha. And so he says, I have to take him away from where he'll be able to eat from the, from the tree of life. It's possible that what HaKadosh Baruch Hu was saying was that what man has to be reconciled to, what man has to understand, is that in the very opposite of the Yitzhakayim, he has to find his place. A person has to learn how to live without eternity. A person has to learn how to live in a world of mortality where the Rabbani Shalom is there. If the way the person is going to find the solution is that he's going to say, oh, one second, one second, let me go back to get life, to get life. That's where I'm going to find the Rabbani Shalom. In a deep sense, of course that's true. That with the Rabbani Shalom, the person will find eternity of life but that the person should just reach for something that gives him the, you know, the panacea, that gives him just this, you know, this, oh, I'm alive, so now I could be here. Now I could be back in Gan Eden because instead of having the death, I have life. In truth, perhaps the idea is that what Adam Arishan had to understand was that from that which is withheld from him, there itself is the Rabbi Shalom. There itself is that which we, which we have to see. Yaakov Avinu had to discern in the Tzara, in the Tzara that the Rabbi Shalom was there. It is true, he only saw it when in the end he, uh, he, um, he experienced Yasef HaTzadik being alive. Maybe that's the idea, that now he could say, when he sees Yosef, he could say, now I can die. Right? When Yaakov Avinu does see Yosef, he says, now that I've seen you, I can die now because I've seen your face that you're still alive. What does that mean? He wasn't able to die before. Now he's able to die. Like some ask it as like a practical question. Okay, I saw you. Now I can die. I mean, he, he didn't believe in a future world or something. Like, like he, he, he had to have this. There, there, there's a, a, an ability to accept what one is being deprived of. Yes, Yaakov you know, was deprived of something terrible his, for his life. He was deprived of Yosef HaTzadik for so much of his life. And as long as he experienced that as, as uh, a horrible thing, well, then death would certainly be a horrible thing.
but when Yaakov Avinu had the perspective which he got from having seen Yisuf HaTzadik, that all of that difficulty was really part of a scheme, and that HaKadosh Baruch was there in everything, now he could understand that even the ultimate exile, the exile from this world, is also something that's possible to accept. In Halal we say, How do I return to Hashem all of what He's given me? I uphold my my cup of salvation and I call out to Hashem. I play, play my pledges to Hashem before everyone. It is precious in the eyes of Hashem, the death of the pious. It's a strange pasuk, like in the middle of this piyut. We go on. Oh Hashem, I'm your servant. Everything, gratitude, 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 I'll pay. I pay you, uh, I'll pay you back. But in the middle, it is precious to HaKadosh Baruch Hu HaMosalach HaSidav. Maybe in a world which is so filled with Haidah, of thanks. So like Yaakov Avinu says, Amusa HaPam, Achri Yisrech Benech, It is when we can only see Gan Eden in the tree of life, that we don't have the full appreciation of the Rabbi Nishim in every part of our lives. A thought. May, may our spirits always be alive with a tangible and constant sense of the presence of HaKadosh Baruch with us.